Today we're going to be talking about what is new with fashion on the green front, and who better to begin the show than my friend, my green friend, one of my many green friends, Zem Joaquin, who seems to know everybody in the green world, and just had an event this week in San Francisco that was lots of fun. And she started a company called Eco Fabulous. You're going to hear all about that. She also works very actively with Global Greens. And then we're going to be talking with Mike Korczynski. He is the founder of something called Wildlife Works. I don't know if you've seen their uh, T-shirts. If you go to any uh, conferences like Green Fest, they sell them in booths, and they really are fabulous. They're green in so many ways, not just in terms of the fabric, but also the work that they're doing in Africa in particular. You'll want to stay tuned for that. They made one of my favorite T-shirts ever. Um, I still have it. It says, Extinction Sucks, and guess who loves that T-shirt? Al Gore. Going to see if we can get one for... uh, Mr. Gore, since I'll be heading to Nashville in May for the uh, reunion of the uh, trainees for his climate project. But uh, we're going to talk right now with Zem Joaquin. She's a busy green gal, and I don't want to waste any of her time. Thanks for joining us, Zem. Thanks for having me, Betsy. So, eco-fabulous. Even though it was just three years ago that you started it, uh, it's really caught on because uh, you have how many members, how many people get your uh, weekly Zem, I think it's weekly, your Zem's list and and all your uh, dispatches? Yeah, we have um, tens of thousands of people who receive it directly through email, and then um, we have millions of people who are tuning into it weekly as well. And what was your vision with EcoFabulous? Well, really I saw that there was a lack of style in the sustainability movement. I was born on a commune and um, and then raised in it and, and then, of course, uh, rebelled against it because I, I really... No, I, I was a fashionista and wanted to have all of the the trappings of luxury, and then at some point realized that um, that I, I was really taking part in the destruction of our environment and didn't feel like I wanted to go back to wearing um, potato sacks. Though <laughs> no, uh, no burlap sacks for you, and not not necessary to be sustainable and to be stylish, as you well learned and are, are teaching all of us. Yeah, and when I started, I actually. I embarked upon the process because I had been doing a remodel of my house and wanted to prove that you could um, have a really beautiful space that was also conscious of the environment. And also, I had two children who had severe asthma and wanted to find a way to cure that, which I I actually did. So I launched the website to help people have a resource so that they could do the same thing. Got all uh, all of the struggles that I went through trying to find... Um, products. So it's important to wear, you know, fabrics and textiles that are healthy for us and healthy for the growers. But uh, it goes beyond that, doesn't it? What What does um, being conscious of the clothing that we buy mean in terms of sort of upstream and downstream? What are sort of the hidden um, aspects that go into, you know, a cotton T-shirt that we might not be aware of? Well, first of all, as you well know, that it takes a third of a pound of pesticides to grow a single conventional cotton T-shirt. And to me, that's just gross. You know, um, it doesn't make me feel chic or sexy if I know that, um, you know, I'm dumping all of those dioxins and, and all of those chemicals into our groundwater and into the soil. And also, that's rubbing up against me. And, you know, so on so many levels, I, I, I really um, I find that distasteful. But beyond that, there's also the bleach, as you know, which then, you know, also contributes to the dioxin levels. But, um, you know, even colored T-shirts are bleached so that they, they're crisp white before they're then dyed. And then the dyes are usually quite toxic as well and have heavy metals, and those get dumped into the water and add to the mercury levels and lead levels. So, you know, it, the whole process is, is pretty nasty, and it seems like this innocent cotton T-shirt 
But um, the beautiful thing is that there are so many alternatives now. I mean, Wildlife Works, which I, I know that Mike's going to be on, but he's been a leader in this, and there are companies like Eden, and um, you know, there are so many companies now that um, there's like Yoga Tribe, it, which I love, and there's a yoga shirt that are um, non-toxic and, and are organic cotton. There's just so many. That's what, you know, we have a whole um, category on EcoFabulous that just is devoted to fashion. And you put out a list that's clothing but also beyond, sort of eco-friendly products for your home? Yeah, well, Zem's list, which um, you can sign up for, basically is a roundup of some inspiration. And, and the thing that we like to do is inspire people to go green, not guilt you into going green. So, you know, I'll say this is my inspiration this week. It's raining. Of course, today is a gorgeous day, but um, it has been raining a lot. And so that's why it's gorgeous today. Everything's green and the flowers are in bloom. Exactly. It's all lush. But um, one of the things that, that people aren't aware of is when you're combating the rain and you want to stay dry is there's so much PVC that's in all of our rain gear. So, you know, I was struck by that when I started thinking about it, and I said, you know, I'm going to do a roundup this week of, of eco-friendly products that combat the rain. So things like, um, you know, boots, wellies should be made out of natural tapped rubber rather than, um, you know, PVC boots that also ha- then have phthalates in them. And as you know, phthalates are an endocrine disruptor. And you even have some smaller furniture items, um, I think I saw in last week's newsletter. Is it getting easier to find green products you know, sort of across the spectrum to, to get excited about? Oh, sure. I mean, it, that's the funny thing. When I started, and I started it three years ago because before that nobody was ready to hear about products because they weren't there. So about it. Even when I launched the site, it, it was, you know, it was really difficult. It, was, it took tons of research to find one product. And now, you know, first of all, it comes to us because, you know, people know about us now, so everyone sends us products to review. But besides that, there there's just such a prevalence of it. It just exists now where it didn't, you know, in, in the past, and, and there's a demand for it. But, um, you know, I could, I could write 10 posts a day every single day of the year and not run out of products, and that's in every category. It's sort of like stories, I, you know, content. I never run out of great uh, topics and great green people to interview because it's such a dynamic area. I mean, the problems are mounting, but so are the solutions, the alternatives, and the uh, interesting people who are informing all of us on their area of expertise. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up. I mean, that's the thing is it is exciting, and there is a lot to be, you know, motivated and um, and, and inspired about. I mean, there, if, you, if you go down the screen path, it's long and winding and circuitous and exciting. So a few bumps in the road, but uh, they're they're worth it, and they're getting smaller. I think just yeah. we don't have to spend so much time and energy convincing people why it matters. Yeah, exactly. I mean, it's getting I, more fun. <laughs> we, we want the bumps in the road to be covered in ice, but um, we want to be able to navigate them as well. <laughs> so the ice doesn't melt. Is that what you mean? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> well, you and you actually travel to Iceland with William McDonough. Is that a yearly event that you do? Yeah, for the past four years, I've spent the summer with Bill, or one week out of the summer with Bill in Iceland. And um, it's Iceland's a, a, a an uncomfortable topic right now, just because of their financial crisis. But um, I was very, you know, um, interested in what they were doing with alternative energy and. 
it's a pretty interesting microcosm because you only have 320,000 people. So it does seem like it was easier to um, to transition from 100% whole coal burning to 100% alternative energy. And that energy is comprised of 90% or roughly 90% of it is geothermal and the rest is hydro. Um, and that that's a pretty incredible transition. And I think it was over you know, a 30-year period. But it used to be 100% coal burning. And has William McDonough played a large role in making that transition happen? Um, I don't think he would take credit for that. He's played a large role in protecting the salmon of that country. And um, that's really been the thing that he's focused on there, interestingly enough. Um, And also, you know, on on teaching them about green building. But um, that's something that, for them, that wasn't such a stretch. They didn't have any trees. You know, Iceland is basically barren because the Vikings chopped down all the trees, burned it for fuel, and, you know, they had to find alternatives. And that's the thing. I mean, we'll be in the same position at some point where we have no choice but to find alternatives. And we're certainly seeing economic hardship in this country, not quite as drastic as Iceland yet. But are you saying there are green initiatives in Iceland being sort of, you know, set aside because of the panic about real financial distress? No, the opposite, because Hmm. they can't afford to spend the money. Geothermal is free there. Just like wind power, once we get the turbines up, and solar, once we get the panels up, that then is is free energy that we can harness. And so I think that, you know, they're not not shying away from, from all their initiatives because that would be a, that would actually be more of a financial burden. Um, the the thing you're seeing is you're seeing hoarding of food and and some other things that are are really quite tragic. Mm. Yeah, and maybe uh, you know for foretelling of what might lie ahead for some other countries. Uh, hopefully not, but you know things are looking dire. But I always say there's a green lining in the dark cloud, and that's uh, an opportunity to really make that transition to to an environmentally friendly economy. And there's so many opportunities. Uh, just a couple minutes before the break, uh, and hope you can stay with us after the uh, commercials to talk about your work with Global Greens for a few minutes. Uh, what about style and fashion? Is it really is, is the greenest possible thing you can do not buy any clothes at all? And is that realistic? Uh, or maybe the second greenest thing: go to thrift stores, which is my favorite thing to do because they're not only um, you know gently used, but they're affordable. Uh, and then third would be, I guess, buy more eco-friendly fabrics like organic cotton, as you've discussed, bamboo and hemp. Is that the hierarchy? Um, that's exactly the hierarchy, actually. So, yes, resist the urge to, to consume as much as you have in the past, at least. Um, but there are some really cool things happening right now, like the, the, there's this Discarded to Divine event that's going to be happening in San Francisco. Actually, I'm, I'm judging it, and so I can tell you that I saw some absolutely gorgeous designs. And those are made out of 100% um, thought pieces. So, you know, old clothes that they turned into new clothes. I've seen those. Those are great. I saw that at the uh, gift show in San Francisco about a month ago. We're speaking with Zem Joaquin of EcoFab. So let's get back to our conversation with Zem Joaquin. Zem, you say that you have uh, something coming up soon that will be four weeks to a greener you? Uh, yes, four weeks to an EcoFabulous you, which is all about branding. But on April 22nd, we're going to be rolling out It's an online workshop that you can sign up for. And each week, we're going to be providing you with resources, products, and tips to address a particular part of your life so that you can start to cross off your eco-to-do list 
And um, and once you sign up, week one, we'll be discussing cleaning and how you can clean your cleaning products. And week two is your house and home. Week three is personal care. And then rounding it out is week four, which addresses your wardrobe and clothing. So that, um, you know, it will go much more in-depth about the things we're talking about today in terms of, you know, specific companies and um, and just how to rethink your wardrobe when you're out shopping. Proving it doesn't take a lifetime to go green at all. Uh, it's a combination of just being informed and being inspired. And the good news uh, for all of us is that there is now sort of demand for this information. What a difference that makes. <laughs> exactly. I mean, you have built to spend a lifetime going green, <laughs> but... You know, a lot of people. But again, there. (laughs) I mean, thankfully, a lot of people want to go green now and are motivated to do so. And if if we don't all do something, um, we're all going to suffer the consequences. So, not to mention our little kitties. Yeah, you have a couple. You have a couple, as you mentioned. One, uh, both of them, I guess, had asthma, and that was part of your inspiration. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what is your inspiration to work with Global Green? You're very active with them. You're going to be getting an award in May for your work. You have a very glamorous event around the holidays every December here in San Francisco. Uh, What is it called? Green and gorgeous. Gorgeous and green. And and, how did you get involved with that group? And, And give us some of the highlights of what they're working on. I know they've been active in the rebuilding of New Orleans. Right. So. I originally got involved because I am a I'm a big fan of Mikhail Gorbachev and Gorbachev really understands systems thinking and that everything is connected to everything else and um and so because of that I decided that I wanted to get more involved and um they asked me to join the board about 5 years ago and so I did and had been very active and continue to do so and um, this will be our fifth year of the Gorgeous and Green event in San Francisco, which I actually started with Leonardo DiCaprio, um, seeing that San Francisco just was totally unaware of the amazing work Global Green was doing, so we wanted to kind of highlight it here. And then luckily I had Nadine Weil um, join me, and she's been co-chairing the event ever since. And it's just beautiful. We do an amazing fashion show where we highlight all these incredible designers who are rethinking fashion and are trying alternative fabrics and recycling old fabrics into um, new beautiful gowns and all sorts of things, wearable things, pret-a-porter, couture, and, you know, and just very street-worthy clothes as well. So it's it's really wonderful. Um, But some of the work that they're doing that, you know, keeps me involved and keeps me um, interested is, yes, the greening of New Orleans and rebuilding of it, um, you know, building low-income housing. They, they're doing. They're building low-income housing all over America, um, in in partnership with other organizations like Habitat for Humanity. But um, the reason it's so exciting is because you know, building low-income housing is great. But then, if they have these high energy bills, they're not going to be able to afford to pay their monthly bills, and then it's not actually affordable, nor is it sustainable. So sustainable, exactly. Yeah. Really. And and they really address environmental injustice. So, you know, it's it's not there's not equality in the, in the environmental movement. So, people who are living in low income situations are also exposed to a lot more toxins. You know, they they don't have those eco friendly cleaning supplies, and they're usually the whole place is, has tons of MDF, which has a lot of formaldehyde, and you know, maybe they don't have windows that actually even function. And they don't, 
and they're not getting the cross ventilation, so their indoor air quality is poor, and they have cheap carpeting, you know, and all this contributes to, you know, to respiratory illness, and then their kids are missing school, so they have to stay home and watch their kids, or they're missing work. And so it really sets up, you know, more inequality. So we address that. We also address things like the greening of the school systems in America. And they're finding that kids tend to, you know, get 20%. The attendance goes up by about 20%, as well as grades go way up when they're in a green school. Productivity, yeah, just like what happens to adults when they're in greener office buildings. Uh, The good news, because we always try to focus on the positive, is, um, you know, lucky for all of us, Van Jones is now in the White House, and he is, of course, working on green for all, green-collar jobs, and uh, he doesn't like to call it the environmental justice movement, but uh, the green jobs movement really impacting and and benefiting everybody. Yeah, I mean, it's it's phenomenal. We have people right here, like Jerry McNerney, well, Van Jones is from here as well, but Jerry McNerney is a congressman in the the 11th District, and he's... um, He's also been fighting for green jobs in his community. And, I mean, there's a lot of people, um, you know. And he has a background in renewable energy, so he, he's been green for some time. Yeah. yeah, I don't mean to just put my green friends from the Bay Area on the program, but there's just so many interesting people locally doing things that do, you know, have an impact nationally and globally, this being an example of that. How important is the celebrity factor, Zem, in the work with Global Green? I know they are based in Los Angeles, and Matt Peterson runs it, uh, and, and Leo DiCaprio is involved. Is that becoming less important as people sort of realize the inherent value in being more eco-conscious and we don't necessarily need the celebs to, to bring attention, or, or is it still important? I, don't, I mean, I don't know if it's – I don't think it's important to the green movement. It's important to our events. People who may not otherwise come to an event, that may motivate them because they want to be in the same room as a celebrity or some huge celebrity. Um, and so they may come for that, but they're going to stay for the great organic food, and then they're going to go home with a whole new education about the green movement and feel, and you know, hopefully feel inspired to do something in their own lives and also to share that information with other people, which is really the whole point. You know, I had a father and a brother who drove huge SUVs, and they both now drive hybrids, and so does my, everyone in my family drives a hybrid. And that we just yeah. got a smart car, so our, our Prius is our big car now in my family. That's great. Well, you're lucky there. There was a long wait list for this. I know, and, and uh, their demand is still there, but, of course, everything is slowing down because of the economy, but there is still demand for those cars. And, by the way, they get 35 to 41 miles per gallon, almost as good as the uh, Prius, but they sure are cute and fun to drive. It would, it would look good on you, Zem. <laughs> yeah, I, we have two Priuses. We're we're a dual Prius family. So yeah, well, we wanted to do something. We didn't want to it seem sort of redundant, so we thought we'd try something different. And it was um, not too hard to find something more more or as ecologically friendly as as the Prius. But well, that, that brings me back to our earlier conversation that that the, there are new products constantly that flooding the market actually now. And by next year, you're going to see so many different models of cars that are that are you know more fuel efficient and have lower emissions and um, and all different forms. There's hydrogen and there's, um, you know, there are electric cars and there are... Biofuels. Yeah. We're having um, Josh Tickle from uh, the uh, new film uh, Fuel fame. Uh, yeah. That's five times fast uh, next week. So uh, we're going to be doing What's New on the Green Front with uh, Vehicles. So thanks for that uh, plug. 
And we just have a couple minutes left, if that's them. So when will we see, you know, much more organic cotton and bamboo clothing, you know, in mainstream stores? It seems like you really still have to hunt, and it's just you know, like the boutiques where you can find well, it. Other I mean, than that's online. not true because the, the number one purchaser of organic cotton in the world is Walmart. So, you know, it, it's, it definitely is out there. It's at Walmart. It's at Target. It's at Sam's Club. But you have to, you do have to hunt. That that part is absolutely true. Um, I I got bamboo bras at, at Walmart, but I had to hunt. I really had to dig deep to find them, at least identified as a green product. Well, that's on Eco Fabulous. We are just about to launch deals and steals, and we're going to be highlighting all of these affordable products. H and M is launching a whole new line of eco friendly products. Um, they're going to do all eco friendly underpants. And, and, so, and that's so funny because I think of them, my daughter loves that store, being a teenager, of course, is kind of throwaway clothing and that it encourages people to be wasteful because it's so inexpensive and sometimes not as well made as, as you'd like, but uh, good for them. Yeah, I totally agree. And Target, one of my favorite examples of, um, of a successful model is Rogan. So I don't, you, know, you know the designer Rogan who designs for Eden, Bono's line, mm-hmm. um, speaking of celebrities. And he also has his own lines, Bloom State and Rogan. But he started designing a line for Target, and it was beautiful and well-made and sold out instantly. So now you're going to see another line from him. And I mean, his shirts were $30, and they were beautiful. Um, but, you know, they were limited editions. So you had to get in there quick. But there, you're going to see more and more that Target is going to be, you know, they're actually launching a line, by the way, with new leaf paper um, which is, I'm sure you're Jeff, Jeff Mendelson was on the show the last two weeks. Yes. There you go. Okay. Okay, another friend, another green friend. Thanks so much, Zem Joaquin. Uh, people go to, can go to ecofabulous.com to find out more and sign up for your newsletter. 